The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano. Hour number three of The Week That Was. It is 51 degrees outside, and we are continuing our discussion about issue one to give you every detail you need on how to vote on this very, very important issue. And Sheriff Mike Simpson is... uh, I wanted to bring the law enforcement perspective to you, and there's probably not a better person to do that than Sheriff Mike Simpson. He has been a law enforcement officer, sheriff, since 1988. He began as a corrections officer. Um, he is has been the sheriff of Preble County for 15 years and in law enforcement for 30. So if anybody knows anything about what's going on from a a police or sheriff's perspective, uh, Sheriff Mike Simpson would know that. And God bless you, sir, and thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me today, Joe. I appreciate it. And I, uh, Sheriff, I, w- I want to start out by asking some some general questions that kind of build into this a little bit. But in your experience, and, and I guess maybe even lately in the last, say, five years, what percentage of your arrests or the arrests of others that you talk about in the association throughout the state have been related to drugs? I'm going to guess probably 70% or above. Uh, when you arrest someone, you find out why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, it's very quickly, extremely quickly, goes back to drug use, abuse, trafficking, things of that nature. Uh, Preble County is on the western side of the state. Uh, We're a rural county, uh, but we also border uh, Montgomery County, city of Dayton, 7075 corridor. And drugs are interlaced with virtually everything that that we see and do over here uh, with the people that that law enforcement is coming in contact with. And I I have to believe that that's... uh, that percentage is is the same in in many of our the other eighty seven counties. That's that's amazing to me. And and uh, how much of your manpower then? How much of your uh, of of your assignments, the manpower, and everything are related? Then they the most of your manpower is going towards drug related crimes. Correct. It is. Uh, you know, detectives uh, play a huge role in that every day. Uh, road patrol deputies, uh, the same thing, whether it's responding to overdoses, uh, you know, needles laying in our neighborhoods, uh, property crimes where in the end we find out that it's the, uh, it's the suspects that uh, have drug addiction are you know, responsible for these things. And in many cases, it's the same people over and over and over again. And then you put the jail into that aspect where resources in the jail are, are going towards, you know, rehabilitative services, uh, other collaborating with other agencies trying to come in and provide services for these inmates. So uh, a lot of local resources are, are going into fighting this problem. When you look at this, are, are you able to and do you separate out the percentage of you say seventy percent of of crimes or things that you're you're arresting people for or, or uh, convicting people for are drug related. How many of those are are for possession? What would be the percentage of possession charges? 
Uh, I, I would say it's a it's a high percentage, uh, but we also deal with those that are out trafficking uh, those drugs as well. Okay. Uh, you know, my estimate is seventy percent. I don't have any hard statistical data here in Preble County, but when when I see uh, the people in our jail, when I talk to my road deputies, when I look at reports, uh, it's uh, you know possession is a uh, is a big problem, but trafficking is a big problem as well. Yeah. And and when you look at issue one, do you feel like you have the ability as a law enforcement officer to to separate what possession would be versus trafficking? And would, would that officer be able to make that determination? Well, I think uh, in some simple cases, maybe yes. But I, I will tell you, Joe, that issue one is... This is just a disaster for law enforcement and our efforts. It's a disaster uh, for the courts who are trying to deal with the people that are in front of them. Uh, their ability to try and get these people into rehabilitation and services, many of them over and over and over again. Uh, this is going to be a struggle out uh, for the for the men and women in law enforcement working the street. Uh, trying to deal with this and, and the fact that, that for the most part this it takes drug possession of some of our most dangerous drugs on the street today down to a simple misdemeanor and some might argue that it's you know basically it's a slap on the wrist and a traffic ticket and uh, I just there there is nothing good going to come out of this let me uh, let's get down to specifics if I can how will issue one affect you specifically, the man on the street, the guy that's going out there and dealing with all this? They, they, because your people and you, uh, but your staff and, and all the sheriff and all the police officers in every city in Ohio, you guys are on the front line. You're, you're in the trenches. Nobody else, I mean, everybody else is kind of watching this thing. Now, the judges have a, have a hand. They're in there, too. But, but you're really the, the front line people. How is this going to affect you uh, specifically in the in the way you perform your duty? Well, I think we're going to, uh, my prediction would be that we're going to end up when there's really no penalties for your actions, and in this case going from felonies to misdemeanors, uh, no penalties uh, for the most part, no substantial penalties, I, I guess I would say, that uh, that the courts can use then it just becomes a process that's over and over and over. You deal with the same people with the same drugs over and over. There's no accountability for their actions. So in that instance, there's, you know, they're already committing crimes because they're trying to deal with their drug addiction, or that's the lifestyle that they choose. Mm -hmm. And this just increases over and over and over again because, you know, there's nothing they can do to me if I'm the if I'm the uh, the person that's out stealing from hardworking people in any counties in the state of Ohio, and because I have a drug addiction and that's the life I choose, then uh, you know what? There's no real penalties. There's not a lot. If I manage the amount of times maybe that I think I might get caught over uh, X amount of years period, I, it appears that you're probably going to start over. And uh, why should I? Why should I even try to? change my uh, my ways i'll just continue down the criminal path that i am now that's not everybody but right. i can tell you for a lot of law enforcement 
uh, it's the it, it, that is true. Let me let me present two things to you, and I I, I want you to respond to these. I, I've had people say, and and I believe it's true, um, that you cannot incarcerate. We cannot, as a state, incarcerate our way out of the drug problem. One. Secondly, is that we have to begin to look at drug our drug problem as an illness versus a criminal problem. What do you think of those two statements? Well, I would uh, agree with the first one. That's right. I mean, we cannot arrest our way out of this issue. It's going to take an attack uh, on an awful lot of fronts to deal with this. to some extent, I, I do. I do think addiction uh, is a, a disease. Uh, however, uh, I think that just completely eliminate the the criminal uh, element out of this in dealing with uh, the people that are addicted and having basically zero accountability is not the way to go. These drugs drive crime. Uh, some of it violent crime. And uh, to just simply say it's a medical disease and and let the medical people deal with it, uh, I think the victims of these crimes uh, would argue different, uh, especially those who have been uh, victimized either directly or indirectly by violent crime. Those people would uh, argue different. I I guess what I want to say, Joe, is that we want to get people treatment. If we can successfully treat someone for their drug addiction and they uh, can go down that path of doing so and they're involved in the criminal element and that will get them out of that, then that's a success. But in many, many cases, uh, in the people that law enforcement deal with, that's not the case. And I, we have to take a short break. Uh, but I, I can't, again, I can't thank you enough. This is Sheriff Mike Simpson. He is the uh, sheriff of Preble County, has been for 15 years and uh, 30 years in law enforcement and the president of the Ohio Buckeye Sheriff's Association. We're going to continue uh, with Sheriff Mike Simpson right after this. We are continuing now with Sheriff Mike Simpson, president of the Ohio Buckeye Sheriff's Association, 30 years in law enforcement. Uh, sheriff of Preble County since 2003. Um, and, and and I hope you can stay with me for a while, um, Sheriff Simpson, because I, I have so many questions for you. But I want to bring this up to you right now. Oh, he's there. Did you hear me? I don't know if you heard everything I just said. Yes, sir. I'm still with you. Guys. Okay. I, I wanted to um, uh, get into Connecticut. And there's been... About 13 states, a lot of diverse states, I mean, places like Nebraska and Utah, and then you had Connecticut and Colorado and Oklahoma and Alabama into this that have done similar things that Issue 1 is asking for. So I spoke to a gentleman named Mike Lawler. He is the Undersecretary for uh, Criminal Justice Policy and Planning in the state of Connecticut. He works closely with uh, Governor Malloy up there. And they instituted very uh, a very similar action in Connecticut in 2015. Um, I asked him how it went, how the transition was. He said it was fine. I said, how has it infect, uh, affected law enforcement? He said, now, obviously, he is a politician, 
uh, versus a person on the street. So I didn't hear from the sheriffs there or anything. But he uh, he said it hasn't really changed anything. The the officers still make the determination whether it's possession or dealing or whatever. But their um, since 2015, their prison population has declined for possession now, 79%. Uh, in the first year, they had uh, impact. The first year was the largest impact on the pretrial population. The sentenced population fell more in the second year. Uh, he, violent crime has also gone down in Connecticut. Now, I realize Connecticut is... is you know, not as big as Ohio, doesn't have all the um, the same population and everything, but they have experienced great success from this and, and really no change other than their incarceration rate and their violent crime rate. They don't even have limits on what possession is. In other words, here we have limits on every drug that over that is now a felony. How do you react to that? Well, I'm not. I'm not. I have not read the uh, report that that you're citing, and I be honest with you, I don't know a, a lot about Connecticut. I don't know whether they have local jails of the states. They uh, don't. They don't. Okay. It, it's all a. a, a it, it's all handled by the state. There are not local prison local jails. Okay. So, uh, I would have to read that report. Uh, I'll tell you what worries me, and I think what worries sheriffs and uh, local leaders in the state of Ohio that. Um, trying to reduce the state's prison population uh, in Ohio uh, and trying to get these offenders out of the prison population, uh, there's a huge fear uh, that this is going to uh, maybe turn around and increase cost uh, on local governments having to uh, now deal with these people on a misdemeanor level rather than a felony level. Uh, I'm not uh, Joe, I'm not familiar with uh, Connecticut and what they did, uh, exactly how that compares to Ohio. Uh, so I, I just, I guess I don't have a comment because I'm not educated on, okay. on the report and stuff that you're talking about. But uh, I don't, uh, I just, I don't see this as a good thing for uh, for local governments in Ohio and and local law enforcement at all. Okay, and now I, I, I guess when I start thinking of the prison population and when I still think about the that we're second in the nation in overdose death, deaths. Um, it's not slowing down the addiction process. It's not slowing down the number of people that are addicted. How big do our prisons get, Sheriff? Well, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I, I think at some point in time, uh, you know, something has to be done. And I think that lends to the argument that, you know, you look at issue one and they want to put this in the Constitution. Uh, in my opinion, uh, this, this is not what Ohio's Constitution is about. If we're going to try to fight this issue, and it changes a lot, Joe, it, it's kind of like making changes on the fly, depending on the drug and what we're dealing with. It is extremely tough to change something that's in Ohio's Constitution versus doing it legislatively, and where everybody can work together and try to go after this stuff as it changes. Uh, as things, uh, you know, these these drug dealers, these cartels in Mexico that are pumping this stuff into our country and into our people, uh, they're business people. 
they they move, they change based on the need, based mm-hmm. on what uh, our people up here, you know, what will they buy? What will they use? Let's change that. And not doing this legislatively so that we can change with that to try to keep up the fight. Uh, the, the Constitution method of trying to deal with this is, in my opinion, the wrong way to go, and, and it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, I've read it as, and we have, to, we have to take another break. I'm hoping you could stay with me through sports and news and uh, because there's, I, I want to get into more specifics with you. I think it's real important for the people to hear this from you. Um, it, it, it's like taking, I've, I've heard from multiple people, including the uh, uh, common pleas judge we just had on, that said that it's like taking a, uh, an axe to something that needs a scalpel. The problem I, I have with it is what the legislature is doing is taking a pinprick to what should be a scalpel. And I think somewhere along the line, we've got to get a scalpel involved in this and start actually making decisions that can help you, can help the judges, can help the addicts, and not increase... I mean, we could be a prison state if it continues. Well, it's true, and I think we have to... Uh, I think there's also the aspect, too, that we have to get uh, to our our young people at an earlier age. We have to change behavior. Uh, we have to... I mean, you and I, we could talk for hours on this, but, uh, uh, you know, parenting, things of that, people have to know at an earlier age that drugs and crime are bad decisions and that they you know don't get yourself where you're making those decisions because decisions at an early age lead people down the path to what you and i are talking about now of conscious decisions to to make uh, to commit crimes and to uh, that first step of using that drug we need to get them away from that but that's like i say that's a it's a long, drawn-out uh, discussion on on policy on how we do that, not only in Ohio but across the country. I agree with you, and we're going to continue with Sheriff Mike Simpson. I can't, again, I can't thank you so enough for taking time out of your Saturday to be with us on in, in this very important topic. We're going to continue with Sheriff Mike Simpson right after the news and sports. That was a 74-yard touchdown pass play, and the Tigers go on to a 41-0 win over Louisville last night. And for all the scores, you can go to whbcsports.com. Coming up tonight, the number 2 Ohio State Buckeyes play at Purdue. The Boilermakers and the Bucks. The pregame starts at 6, the kickoff at 7.30 tonight here on WHBC. On Sunday, it's the Browns at Tampa Bay. The pregame starts at 11 and the kickoff at 1. And then following our Browns coverage tomorrow, join us at 6 o'clock as the Cleveland Cavaliers have their home opener. They'll host the Atlanta Hawks at 6 from the queue in downtown Cleveland. Coverage begins again at 6 on 1480 WHBC. I'm Dave Sheets. That's a look at your sports. We are continuing our discussion of Issue 1 with Sheriff Mike Simpson. He is the president of the Ohio Buckeye Sheriff's Association, law enforcement for 30 years, been the sheriff of Preble County since 2003. And I wanted to, I basically have three more questions for you, Sheriff, and, and these are, uh, does, would issue one allow your, your deputies and the deputies throughout Ohio and law enforcement throughout Ohio to concentrate on the dealers more? 
and free them up uh, from going after simple possession? I don't think so, Joe. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and I'll tell you why. Uh, while we are constantly targeting the dealers, we also need to target the people that are buying the drugs from the dealers. That's mm-hmm. and and uh, the people that are buying the drugs from the dealers are also the same people that are out committing other crimes uh, because they've got to supply that habit. They have to have a way to supply that habit. So I don't I don't think uh, minimizing drug possession and the theory that more resources in law enforcement could now go after the dealers is, I think that's, to be honest with you, I think that's smoke and mirrors. It's not going to be the case. Okay. And I, I would probably agree with that. I would agree. Um, the, the the other one was, you understand the the ramifications of having a felony versus a misdemeanor. And, and I guess I'm looking at it from a law enforcement perspective because um, <clears throat> A person with a misdemeanor uh, is is considered different in our society. There is collateral damage to a person who has a felony, uh, as far as it can add, lead to housing problems, getting housing. It can lead to not being able to get a job, and all these things. Once you have that felony there, and I talked, I realized that you could have that expunged and everything for possession, but but. Do doesn't that lead these people who once who have a simple possession charge and they get a felony that now they are more prone to coming back and creating and doing more because of the fact that they can't get work they sometimes can't get housing and those things. Well, I'm sure that it presents a challenge uh, to them, but uh, I guess uh, my answer to that would be what I talked to you before we went to break, all of these uh, situations that they may find themselves in start with a conscious decision to either begin using drugs or a conscious decision to commit a crime. Hmm. We all know it's wrong. We all know we shouldn't do it. Uh, For whatever reason, they make the choice to use that drug, whatever it may be, or I'm going to come out and I'm going to victimize someone whether it be a violent crime, a crime against a victim, uh, a property crime, um, whatever it may be. So while I understand, and I, these people should understand, that if I choose this uh, type of activity, there are going to be consequences if, if I'm caught and convicted uh, of the choice that I made. And that's and a good point. We maybe, lose. That's hard, maybe that's hard-nosed, but I'll tell you, law enforcement across Ohio, Joe, we deal with victims every single day. Yeah. And um, people understand addiction, but they're also tired of being victimized. And, and, and unfortunately, the, the, the two are tied together. There's no getting around it, and I, it's, it's not going to go away. So I, I think we all collectively... Uh, you mentioned before, we all collectively need to figure out a way, how are we going to deal with this piece by piece uh, through the legislature? You know, maybe it's, you know, some. I don't know whether it's criminal justice reform. I, I don't know what that is. It's probably a larger discussion. But putting this in the Constitution is not the way to go at it. It ties everyone's hands. And uh, I'll give you a prime example. You know, we're talking about the opioid and the heroin issue. 
uh, in my county, we've kind of, the heroin issue is still there, but we're shifting to methamphetamine. Mm. I think it's because of the fact that the, they're afraid it's uh, it's going to kill them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, that's that's where we need to be, okay, now we've got a, a, an additional methamphetamine problem, or, you know, pick the drug next time if, uh, if they're moving to something else. We have to have the flexibility to move around, deal with these issues, and try to come up with the best solution. And putting something like this in the Constitution is not the solution. I get it. And if you had your wish, and you talk to your deputies all the time, you talk to other sheriffs all the time, obviously, and your peers and your – what is the one thing or maybe a couple things that you would like to see the legislator, legislature do to help you do your job? Well, I think in many cases we do. Uh, I don't know of anybody out there that wouldn't probably agree that we need more resources uh, – bed space for to deal with treatment for for addiction um there are an and I, I tell the people in my community this there are there are an awful lot of people out there that truly want to try to end this cycle in their life and we need to do what we can do to provide the resources to them and try to make them successful however on the on the back side of that law enforcement across the country and especially in ohio ohio sheriffs are dealing with an awful lot of people that choose to live this life, that choose to be in the criminal element, and that's the people we're dealing with. And there has to be accountability. There has to be serious consequences for this because if they're not going to make the conscious decision to change their actions and their lives, then we need to be able to impact that uh, because we've got victims in our communities that are, to be frank with they're, they're tired of it. Mm-hmm. So... That's uh, from a law enforcement stand. Uh, I, I think we we just we need to sit down and we, we need to find something that works in Ohio. I mean, you talked about Connecticut. I really don't know much about Connecticut, right. but if it works, if it's working in Connecticut, I would say you know good for them. Uh, but we need to focus on what's going to work for the citizens of Ohio and what uh, you can look at an awful lot of things. But what do we think is going to work here? This is the people that we're worried about. Our residents here in Ohio. That's a great point. Sheriff Mike Simpson, I uh, I think you've you, you've again you you've done a great job of answering the questions and uh, some some tough ones and some good questions that I think will help our listeners and me uh, decide what which way to go on issue one. And I want to thank you, Sheriff Mike Simpson, is the president of the Ohio Buckeye Sheriffs Association. And uh, I want to thank you for spending time on your Saturday morning to be with us. I think it was very important for us. Um, I would say on behalf of Ohio's 88 sheriffs, uh, we appreciate the opportunity for uh, for people to listen to us. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day, sir. You, sir. Take Thank care. you. Sheriff Mike Simpson. Well, we'll come back after this, and we'll wrap everything up, put a bow on it, have our contest, and more. Stay tuned. It is contest time. Give your call. I gave you the answers earlier in the show. It is a Halloween trivia quiz but you could get a four pack family four pack of tickets now you get your choice i i misdid this before i i don't know if that's a word misdid this i did it wrongly misspoke i miss thank you (laughs) misspoke you could take you could either pick the factory of terror the haunted schoolhouse or the haunted laboratory or not not all three. One of those three you get to pick. 
It's located in Canton and in Akron. I'll get this, Sean. I'll, I'll go ahead and get caller number one. What's your name, please? This is Pam. Pam, you ready? <laughs> I think so. Okay. What is a hollow? A hollow? Yeah. Uh, or hollow. Okay. <laughs> a saint or a holy person. <laughs> a saint or a holy person, you're right. In what year will the next full moon occur during Halloween? Ooh. Two, two, oh, two, oh. Yes, 2020. What item is banned only during Halloween from 12 a.m. October 31st to 12 p.m. November 1st in Hollywood, California? Silly string. Yes. Why? Why? I have no idea. Yeah, I was going to say why. I, I have no idea. I'm going to put you on hold, Pam, and that you're, uh, we'll take down your information. You can come in and pick this up and decide which one of those haunted places you want to go to. Okay. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. All right. I want to remind you, next week, next week, we kick things off on game day Saturday at the Irish Pub and Grill in Maslin on Hills and Dales. If you want to come out, if you're a Maslin fan, see, each year we do this at the home field site. Like next year, we'll do it some, at a place in Canton. This year, we're going to do it in Maslin. We, we go back and forth. So don't accuse us of being one way or the other. I just want to see a great game. But next week, we're going to be, the the week that was will be the day that is at the Irish Pub and Grill in Maslin on Hills and Dales from 8 to 11. I'll be there. Dave Sheets will be there along with anybody else on the sports crew who wants to be there and you for the Maslin as we kick off the Maslin-McKinley game. Um, Also, this week, the 7th Annual McKinley Maslin Food Fight is underway. Have you made your donation yet? Come on, Maslin. McKinley's won like five in a row, I think, on this, the food fight. Non-perishable food items to benefit the Stark County Hunger Task Force. Take them to either high school, to either one of the high schools. Well, if you're at Maslin, you're probably not going to take it to McKinley. Or stop by our fin- uh Finale Rally at Dunkin' Donuts in Maslin or in Cleveland Avenue Friday morning from 6 to 9. Details of the food fight are at whbc.com. Okay. You have heard it all. Hopefully, now, you understand with that what is going on with, the, um, with issue one. Tried to give you everything that you possibly could know about it. I've tried to give you perspectives from both sides. I um, and it was important for me too, because I know now how I'm going to vote on issue one. I do. I hope you do. I hope that you will continue to go to the sites that uh, Judge Farmer told you to go to. Uh, no, I, I can't remember what, do you remember that website, Sean? Vote no, protect Ohio.com. Vote no, protect Ohio.com. You could also go to, um, right on crime.com to look at two different things. And one pertains to Ohio. One pertains to overall judicial reform and lessening, lessen, lessening of sentences and everything else. 
So you could go to those, plus you can go back and listen to last week's show to refresh your mind on, on whbc.com, my show page, and you could refresh yourself on what the pro issue one people said. Compare those two, make an educated decision on a very, very important issue in the state of Ohio. I want to thank Sheriff Mike Simpson for the time he took today. I want to thank Judge Kristen Farmer for the time she took out of her busy day, her busy week, to talk to us. And and both of them did a a wonderful job of answering questions, of answering tough questions, of of answering questions that were important. Uh, I hope you got what you needed out of that also. Remember, again, next week, It'll be a different week that was, the day that is, and we have it every year. Maslin-McKinley game will be at the Irish Pub and Grill in Maslin on Hills and Dales from 8 to 11. We'll be doing our show out there. It'll be fun, folks. I know it won't be the usual show, but it'll be a blast. We'll have a lot of fun getting ready for the Maslin-McKinley game. I want to thank Dave Sheets, J. David Russ with the news, Sean Gilbert for all he does uh, producing this show and making it all happen. I want to thank you most of all for tuning in, for listening, for being loyal to this show. I want you to have a great week. Make something good happen this week. Give back. Make something good happen. I'll talk to you next Saturday. The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC.